life. The Bible describes it as abundant, powerful, and filled with meaning, but honestly, some would say, that's not the life they know. God feels far away, silent. Their life is mundane and unfulfilling, but what if God were close? What if life felt alive and full of power? This is a six-part series about the Spirit of God living in us. in a series called God Within, and today we are on part four of that series. The entire series is one incredibly simple thought, and that is for those of us that are believers in Jesus, we've committed our lives to following him. When that happens, God's spirit moves inside, and therefore God lives within through the Holy Spirit. When this happens, it will change the character of life. It will change the quality of life, and it will change the focus of life. Everything is different. And so throughout this series, I've been telling you a little piece of my journey each week and how I grew up in a church that had reverence for God, but never really talked about God living within. And when I went off to college, I met a church that was focused a little more on that. And a bunch of students that I knew were really focused on what God was doing inside of their lives. One of the things that they did that got my attention more than any other is the fact that they would go around and talk about this. They would say, hey, I was praying this morning and God said to me, or they would say, I asked God the other day and God told me. Now, I don't know about you, but at that point in life, I was like, wait a minute. Why does God talk to you? Why does God like you more than me? Because, I mean, I've been worshiping God for a long time. I grew up in church. You know, so I got 18, 19 years of this stuff. God should be giving me a little something, something, you know? Like, why, why, where is he when I come and I pray and everything? The idea that God lived within me and actually spoke to me became one of the most enticing, exciting thoughts that I could go somewhere and hear God's voice. So I, would just, I decided I needed to figure this thing out. Now, I went to college where the mountains are. That means I was one of those people that liked hiking and backpacking and doing stuff like that, and that was a lot of fun. And so in order to hear God's voice, I did what anybody would do, right? Which is you go out on the Blue Ridge Parkway, which is beautiful, nature, God made nature. I mean, the only thing we've done to the parkway is put a little tiny road right through the middle of nature. I figured out as close as we're going to get to God. So I go out there, pull over on the side of the road, crawl over some, some fence into a cow pasture and go walking up through this area. And I find this big rock and I just sit on this rock and look out at the whole valley and say, okay, God speak. Yeah, y'all are laughing because <laughs> yeah, you know how that's going to go. And I'm thinking, God, God where, where are you? Are you going to speak to me? I figure at this point, if I'm here long enough, I just got to stay for a while. So I did. I, I came prepared. I had a backpack and in my backpack was my Bible because you got to have a Bible if you're going to talk to God and a Dr. Pepper for the journey, because Dr. Pepper is the drink of the gods, just so you know. It's, it's the nectar in heaven. And so that's what I had in my backpack, and I go, and I sit on this rock, and I, and I just say, God, speak, and, and nothing happens. So I figure, I'm going to do this thing where you try to think of nothing. I mean, I'm a music major, so I'm always around noise. That's why I went out into nature, and people are always around me. So I figure if I just get away, I'm going to hear this thundering voice from heaven. So God, come and speak. And, and as I'm sitting there, nothing happens. So, okay, think of nothing, think of nothing, think of nothing. Anybody ever tried that? Next thing you know, you're finding yourself, think of nothing, think of nothing. Wow, that cloud looks like a sheep. Oh, that one looks like a dog. Okay, no, no, no. Think of nothing, think of nothing, think of nothing. Why aren't elephants purple? You know, I mean, is that the way your prayer life goes sometimes? You try to... I did not hear an audible voice that day. Nothing came from heaven. None of the shrubbery around me suddenly caught fire. Right? Y'all know your Bible stories? Okay. None of that happened. 
I went away a little frustrated, a little depressed, because God still likes those other people more than me, because he's talking to them, he's not talking to me. And if I could put money on something, there are a few things that I can get up here and preach about every week that I know I think every single person in the room resonates with. Every single one. I think it is so frustrating for us to not hear God's voice more clearly than we do. I think every one of us would go, I would love to hear God's voice better. Some of us say, I'd love to hear God's voice at all. I don't think I've ever heard his voice. I think for Christians, it's one of the most frustrating things we ever could. And so here's the thing I want to say to you. If this is where you are, which I assume is almost every single one of us, then your struggle is the same struggle I had that day. I was listening for a wrong voice. I thought hearing God literally means that there's going to be a thundering voice from heaven or there would be an angel who showed up on the rock and started talking to me or whatever. And I didn't understand what it really meant to hear a voice like the one that comes from the Spirit of God. Now look, we know God does speak in other ways, right? If you've read your Bible, we know angels show up and say, hey, I've got a message from God. Multiple times. We know that bushes catch fire and voices come out of them. And we know that people suddenly just hear a thundering voice from heaven. We know these things happen. And the problem, though, is that ultimately they're rather rare in human history. I mean, think about all of human history that we have recorded. And we've got one story of a guy that walked by a bush and it caught fire and talked. Right? We've only got a handful of stories of angels showing up. We've only got a handful of stories of something appearing that looks godly or a voice from heaven. A couple of those stories. This is not the most common thing. So what about you and me for daily life? I don't know about you, but I want something more than just hoping I get to be the one guy in, oh, say, five, ten thousand years that, that has a shrubbery catch fire. I, I want more than that. I want something for every single day. And I believe there is nothing that makes God feel further away than when we can't hear him. And I know there's nothing that makes God feel closer than when we can hear his voice. So I just need to be up front with you. We could do an entire series on hearing the voice of God easily. I have done that before. I will do that again in the future. I don't have time today to do the entire series that you deserve. So there are some things that we're just going to pretend we agree on. Like one is that God even speaks to his people. There may be some people here today that just totally don't believe that, don't want any part of that. You, don't, you think God's done talking, and, and that's, that's another message. I don't have time for that one. I'm just going to assume that everybody here believes God still speaks to his people, and if, if you would at least allow me the, the liberty to speak on that. And then I could talk to you about how God speaks through so many different ways. Because people say, wait a minute, how do you hear the voice of God? Well, how about his word? I mean, God has told us things in here. And it's his word, and there are things we don't have to question. He put them in there. How about circumstances? We know that God directs our circumstances. Sometimes this way works and that way doesn't, and so we follow the way that does. We know that God speaks through his people, that you can go and talk to other believers. The Bible says that in the abundance of counsel is victory. So we can go to other believers who also have the spirit of God, who also know his word and say, what do you think I should do? And I had someone come to me recently and they were telling me what they were doing that didn't line up with God's word. And so about five minutes into the appointment, I wanted to know what we were actually doing. So I just said, look, I need to know. Did you come to tell me what you're doing or did you come to ask what God says you should be doing? And when they said, well, I came to ask. I said, good, let me talk to you about what the Bible says. So it changes everything if we understand God speaks in so many different ways. But because we sometimes trust in just those ways, we miss out. Here, let me give you this story, an analogy that will help us a little bit. Imagine that you are a three-year-old child, or imagine, I'm sorry, let's, you can be whatever age you want to be. Okay, let's imagine you're a teenager. But when you were three, your father died. And so you say, I want to know my father. 
I, I want to understand his voice. I, I want to be able to, to connect with him. And so you go to your older brother who was 15 when he died. So he could say, well, you know, dad's voice was, it was a low, booming, thunderous voice. He was a manly man. Oh, that's awesome. You know, hey, can you imitate dad's voice so I can kind of hear what that'd be like? And so your older brother talks a little bit like him. Say, hey, what, what are some of dad's most famous sayings? What would he say all of the time? Can you tell me some of those? And he may even pull out a journal that he had kept of, of some things he wrote down, of things that dad would say all the time. He'd, you know, dad was really famous for saying this. And dad would always tell us this was the best path in life and, and so forth. And Dad may have even written a will. Hey, for all my children, you know, I, I know I may not live forever, so here's, I want to write a letter to each of you, my children. And so you may have this letter that came with his will that says, I'd really love for you to, you know, do this with your life and, and commit your life to these sorts of things and, and whatever. We could even have that will. This is where most of us live. We live like the little brother who feels like the only connection we have with our father is through what other people can tell us, what their experience has been, or through reading what his will is for our lives. And listen, those things are great. All of those are the voice of God, and they're very important. They're just not all of it. Because God's Spirit moves in so that the creator of the universe still speaks to you today in a conversation one-on-one. -on -one. Would you like to have a better understanding of how God speaks to his yeah. people one-on-one -on -one outside of those things I just mentioned? Amen. All right, three of you, good. Well, the rest of you, <laughs> I think Moses is already open. I'm going to talk to those three folks. I think it's what God has for us is that we don't relegate ourselves to trying to learn about God by hearsay and distance, but that we learn more about him through our everyday experience. So God's way of, of talking to people has actually kind of been a revelation throughout history. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit three verses so fast you don't need to turn to them. It's not our main passage. But I want to show you how God has been progressively speaking differently to humanity throughout time. And we're going to look at this verse. It says, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son. And we've got to understand the context if we really want to know what's going on here. Because this, of course, was written just after Jesus has come to the earth and has crucified and resurrected and he's gone to heaven now. And that's when this ends up getting written within a few decades of that. But prior to Jesus coming, people would learn about what God said when God would send leaders to them. God would send someone like Abraham, and he would say, look, I had an encounter with God. This is what God told me to do. Okay, good. All I got to do is follow you. We're good. God would send somebody like Moses. Moses had an encounter with him and say, okay, this is what I've got to do. Just follow Moses. He's had an encounter with God. Prophets would show up. If you've read the Old Testament, those are just books of people recording what God had said to them to say to God's people. And so it was one prophet after another prophet after another prophet. There were times when multiple prophets lived on the earth at the same time. That's pretty good because if that guy didn't hear anything last night, let's go to this guy. This guy might have heard something. And we can hear from God. And so for thousands of years, people were used to hearing from God. And then for 400 years before Jesus was born, God went silent. It's not an exaggeration. We have no recorded stories of people seeing angels or people talking through burning bushes. And there were no more prophets. For 400 years, God was making his people hungry. 
People who were used to having some sort of revelation from God, some sort of, of recently, this is what God spoke to me last night. This is what I say to you, the people of God. They were so used to that. God was making them so hungry. When Jesus showed up on planet earth, they had not heard for 400 years. I want you to imagine some young guy going up to his dad. Hey, hey, hey dad, uh, do you remember what it's like to hear God? Did, did, did you hear from God before? And he'd say, well, no, son. God's been silent for your lifetime and mine. Well, well dad, how, how about granddad? Did, did he ever hear from God? Did, were you around back then? Was he around back then and heard these things? And Well, no, son. God's been silent for your lifetime, my lifetime, and my dad's lifetime. How about, how about my great-granddad? I mean, can you imagine doing that? Somebody who's used to every generation, there is someone speaking the voice of God and for 400 years, completely silent. So the good news, these people were hungry. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by a son, which leads us to the second one where Jesus said, okay, so now the son is here and Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. It's a promise. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I kicked off the series with talking about how this works. Yes, you can hear from Jesus when Jesus is on planet earth. But if you remember, I told you this, when Jesus was there, Jesus was not there. When Jesus was talking to you, you couldn't hear him. You were in another city. And when Jesus was healing somebody in your house, somebody in your house was dying. And so that's why Jesus told his disciples, look, it's been really cool for three years. We've walked on water. I've healed people. I've raised people from the dead. It's been awesome. But I'm leaving. I'm going to die. It's a very important piece of my destiny. I'm going to come back to life. And I am going to go and sit at the Father's right hand while you finish what I started. Amen. And in order for you to do it, I'm going to give you my spirit and he is going to come and he's going to live inside of you and you're going to do greater things than I've done. That was the week one. If you need to catch more of that, go back and get that. And so this is what Jesus was telling his disciples about the spirit who's going to come and live inside of them. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. You see, as we look at this revelation, God started out doing really obvious things. He would set a bush on fire and speak out of it. He would, he would just have an angel show up and talk because at the beginning, people didn't know who God was. They didn't know who to look for. They didn't know anything about him. They were confused and, and wondering, who is this God? Matter of fact, we even have a story where, where, where Moses said, well, who should I tell him sent me? Because I, I don't know who you are, really. I mean, we know a little bit. Our Bible is that big. I mean, they only had a portion of what we have today. And, and so God would show up and do these amazing things to get the attention of man that wasn't looking for him. You see, we look for him. We come to church every week because we know there is a God. And we're looking for that God. And we want someone to talk to us about that God. We read the Bible because we believe it tells us about that God. We get up and we pray, hopefully every day, and talk to God because we're looking for that God. We know that He's there and we know things about Him. And so God has progressively been revealing Himself through these angels and these burning bushes and voices from the sky and, and a voice that even sounds like a man from another room. Do you know that story? A kid named Samuel, he heard the guy in the other room. He goes to the guy in the other room. The guy in the other room says, oh, I didn't call you. So he goes back and he hears the voice again. He goes back to the guy in the other room and says, hey, what do you want? He says, I didn't call. Oh, that's God. Go back and next time. You see, he didn't even know. God did amazing things because God was revealing himself to a people who didn't understand him and, and, and wasn't looking for him. 
but now. God has revealed himself. He's revealed himself enough for you and I to worship him, to know him, to exalt him, to seek him, to follow him. He has revealed enough about himself for us to have this relationship. That's good news, right? For some, it's bad news. Because for some people, they stop there. And they say, here's the deal. I don't have an expectation of a God to speak to me today. Because God has revealed himself enough to me. I've got this right here. I read a little bit every day. I don't need any more. This is everything. Besides, those of you who say God speaks to you, I think you're weird. I wouldn't want to go to a church where people would raise a hand and say that God speaks to them. I don't need any of that flakiness, weird stuff, or spiritual stuff. I'm pretty good. I've got a job. I've got a family. I've got a Bible. I'll get to heaven. Leave me alone. I don't want any more. And I think, wow. You see, we do have his word. And I'm one of the biggest proponents for his word. I am a fighter. This is the word of God, undebatable, unchanged. It is true. And what it says is the God for our life, it's God's breath to us but it doesn't answer every single thing and I'll show you that in a minute and it's not heresy for me to say that okay so just flow with me here here's the point in our main passage for today although it's short you can turn with me if you want first Corinthians 2 starting in verse 9 says as it is written again scripture quoting scripture what no eye has seen nor ear heard nor the heart of man imagined What God has prepared for those who love him. Wait a minute. So with everything that I can see and with everything that I can hear and everything that I can know, the Bible just said we're still ignorant. Did y'all catch that? The Bible just said, so you got to go with me on this because it's the Bible. The Bible just says everything you've ever seen, everything you've ever heard, and everything you could imagine at your best on your most creative day doesn't pale with what God has to show you, with what God has to speak for you, and what God has planned for you. We are missing out on so much. You see, when you see, it's purely natural. When you pray, you probably don't hear. And when you imagine, you dream of the best of what has been. If I asked you right now, I want you to plan your greatest meal. I mean, what are you going to come up with? We got any Dr. Seuss's in the room that says, I would just love a grilled thinking berry with a whatever. I mean, seriously? No, no, no. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to take whatever you've already seen on planet Earth in its fallen state, and you're going to try to make the best of it. Well, let's see. I'd really love the biggest steak, the best cooked steak. I'd really love the chocolatiest chocolate chocolate dessert that ever chocolated, you know? I mean, you're going to try to take something that comes out of our fallen creation and come up with the most best version. I did that on purpose. The most best version that you could. And you're going to say, that's what I can imagine. And I say to you, God in heaven has so much more planned because we do this with our lives. You're 14 years old, 12 years old, 16 years old. Some of you 30 years old. It doesn't matter. And you say, God, what do you want for my life? And you look around at all of planet Earth, much of which is a bunch of people who are natural-eyed, looking for natural things with no eyes on God, and then many others, absolute failures, just to be honest, and you say, I want to be a better, slightly, slightly better version of them. I want to be president, because that'll make me famous for a very short period of history and give me a cool house for an even shorter period of history. Really? You think that's all that God has for you? 
Yeah, I did just say, do you think that's all God has for you, being president? I mean, that's, you could be powerful in an eternal kingdom. Or you could be important in a fading one. I mean, the things that you can imagine for yourself. I want to be in the NBA so I can be rich. Well, you're rich, and then you spend it, and then you're not. And that's what you can imagine for yourself? We don't see what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Well, then we're in trouble. No, you're not. Because here's what God says. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. You see, without the Spirit of God, we are missing so much. Because it's a spiritual voice. And I want to talk to you about this spiritual voice. Why we're missing so much. Two reasons. Number one is because it's spiritually discerned. It is spiritually discerned. Not everybody can hear it. I've already used this scripture. It's not going to go on the screen. I just want you to listen to it and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. We, we use this in the series already that says the natural person. Okay, so the one who wakes up every day and says, how much is in my bank account? How big is my house? How fast is my car? Do I like my job? Do I hate my boss? How is my... Ma-? I mean, they just look at the, the life on front of them on planet Earth and the natural person who has nothing of the Spirit living inside of them or they simply ignore the spirit of the Son. They're still natural focused. Christians can do this as well. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for their folly to him, and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. In order to hear the voice of God, the Holy Spirit has to enable us to do that. And the second point is that to hear a spiritual voice from a spiritual God that is spiritually discerned, it requires a spiritual operating system. Now flow with me. Who's got smartphones? Good. The two of you didn't raise your hands. It is 2015. Y'all need help. <laughs> Just saying. When your smartphone gets old, you see, every smartphone, smartphone works with an operating system, and it has apps that work on that operating system, and they keep updating, and everything goes together, and at some point your apps quit working because your operating system is too old because your phone won't take the updates anymore. Now, I don't know about Android, but that's the story of Apple, just so you know. If you've got an Apple phone, that's the way that works. At some point, you've got to get a new one because the operating system is no good, and this is exactly where some of us are. You have a natural operating system, and so the app we're going to call God's Voice isn't working. You see, without the Holy Spirit right here, without a spiritual operating system in your life, you're not going to be able to encounter that. At this point, some people would say, well, that's good, and that's okay. Because God speaks so clearly through all of these other ways, Jimmy, I don't need you and your weird little flakiness of trying to hear God's spiritual voice. If I've got a question, I'll just go to the Bible. If something is going on in my life, I'll just follow whichever way the circumstances direct. And if I really have a question, I'll get together with some of God's people and I'll get, have them give me advice. By the way, I would teach that all of those are ways to hear God's voice. But did you know that sometimes you still have a question? Here, let me walk you through this because I told you I was going to prove to you it's not heresy. All right. How many of you would like more money? Y'all are not good with the hand raising. Wow. Well, God bless so many people that are so content with their circumstances in here. That's the way we'll spend that one. Okay, for all those that did raise your hand and you would like more money, do you know what the Bible says about stealing? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> wow, this is interactive, just in case you're wondering. It says don't do it. Okay, so you're trying to figure out if it's God's will for you to go down to the bank and increase your money by stealing with a gun. The answer is no. You've heard God's voice. There's nothing more that needs to be said about that. It is clear. However, that's only one thing to scratch off the list. You still need more money. 
What might God's word say about some other things? Should you work harder? Should you spend less? Should you figure out some other things? How do you know what God would have you do? Do you need to take out a second job? Or do you need to go back to school to get a better paying job? Or are you just addicted to brand new cars and fine wine? I don't know what it is, but that's where the voice is spiritually discerned. How about this one? The Bible tells us to spread the name of Jesus to all nations. You guys agree with that? All right. We've got one couple in our church that is preparing to go to Pakistan in a couple of years. Did the Bible say to only go to Pakistan? Which country does the Bible tell you to go to? All. Can you go to every single nation personally at the same time? So how do you hear which country you should go to? You see, we've got a, a group, that's a couple, as I told you, planning to go to Pakistan next year. We've got two couples sitting in a room right now. We're sending to Jordan this year. So wait a minute. Did the Bible say go this year? 2015? No. So how do they know to go this year and the other couple needs to go next year? How do they know to go to Jordan and the other couple knows to go to Pakistan? How do they know? Spiritual voice. How about circumstances? We love to say God speaks through circumstances, and God does speak through circumstances. But what if God puts something in your heart and says, I want you to go do this? Like one day you're a pastor and God says, I want you to go plan a new church. Whatever it is, God's told you to go start a business. God's told you to get married. Whatever God tells you to do. By the way, how many of you God's told you to get married and then you needed marriage counseling, right? Okay. <laughs> we'll come back to that. God will put something in your heart and say, go and do, and you'll take about three steps and then it'll feel like you just ran into a brick wall with your face and you <laughs> are y'all like sadistic or something why were y'all laughing you're supposed to be imagining some poor guy that circumstances stink for him so you take a few steps forward and you run into a brick wall and you have to ask this question that the bible doesn't answer is the enemy against you and you need to persevere or is god using circumstances to say don't go this isn't the way i have for you how do you know which? Because the Bible's not going to answer that. How about people? You ever talk to people? Should I marry so-and-so? Look, if you're a girl, your dad's going to say no. <laughs> we never want our daughters to marry. They're going to live with us forever. Right? But your best friends may say, this is a godly guy you need to marry. You're going to get different answers, different times. How do you know which nation, which time, what year, what not year? Start a business, don't start a business. Get married, not get married. I mean, when, how do you know those things? Because they're spiritually discerned. They're right here. And you need to hear God's voice. When you feel like you've hit a brick wall and you can't do it anymore. I was just talking to somebody on the way in. It's like, I can't do this anymore. That's when you need the Holy Spirit saying, yes, you can. I will help you. I will hold your hand. I will encourage you. Let's get our eyes on something else. Because it's so easy. That's where we need the spiritual thing. So the question of the day, that was all just kind of the prelude to this. How can we hear the voice of God better? Because you want to, right? How can we hear the voice of God better? First of all, let's talk a little bit about what it actually sounds like. Because I wanted to hear the voice of God better when I went and sat on a rock and thought that a cloud was going to come down and thunder or something weird. I just didn't know what I was listening for. So we have all of those other voices. I told you I could do a whole series. Don't have time for that. Today I'm talking to you just about the spiritual voice that comes from the Spirit of God that is within. And so that voice is going to be internal. And it's going to be one of those, it's a thought kind of feeling kind of thing. And I know that's where some people go, oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I've got a lot of thoughts and I wouldn't say they're all from God. Well, that's true. 
We all have thoughts that are not from God. We all have feelings that are not from God. And so that's why it actually becomes a bit of a learned skill to discern between your feelings and thoughts and the ones that are actually the Holy Spirit speaking. But there is this this internal voice where we actually have to trust our heart and our mind. And more importantly, we have to trust God. You see, here's the thing I believe. God loves you. God wants the best for you. And so if you, with a good heart, intentionally set out to follow him, he's not there to trick you. So when you sit down and say, hey, God, I really need to hear your voice. I just got offered. All right, let's pretend you just graduated college, right? Got some of the age group in here. I just, I just got three job offers, and I know you've got one place for me to live. You've got one job where I can do something for your glory. Which one of these three? What came to your mind? You see, just like the people who are moving to Jordan, they said, God, where should we go? According to the CIA fact book, I believe by the most recent check, there's about 173 recognized countries. And you sit down and say, God, which country should I move to? And one comes to mind, gee, why is it so hard to believe that was God? Did 173 things come to mind? Then you're confused. Two come to mind. Maybe you need to take a trip and pray. Maybe you need to go visit. Maybe you need to question which one's good for your life and your family and your circumstance. But if only one thought comes to mind, you're sitting around and saying, God, you know, what, what, what's your, what is this voice inside of me? Should I do things? How many times does just the thought ever come to mind? In the South, let me put it this way. In the South, we say this. Well, you know, it dawned on me. And dawned has like three syllables. Tell you a little story. I was in college one day. I was house sitting for somebody and it dawned on me. It was the Holy Spirit spoke to me, call so-and-so. And I've told this story before. I didn't even know this person that well. They were a music major. I was a music major. So I knew of them, knew them in passing. We would speak. And so I had to call somebody to get this person's number. And I called the person up. Because, I mean, I'm thinking, why should I do this? All the things you can say in the natural, Right? Well, I don't really know them. Uh, two, that must just be me. Three, she's a girl and I'm a single guy. That must just be me, right? Four, she's a girl and I'm a single guy. That would be weird. You know, I mean, just like, what? So, but I did it. I ignored all of the things that I would think in the natural, all the reasons I'm telling myself that's just me, that's just my thought, and my thought is a stupid thought. Called her up. She knows I'm a youth pastor. I was a volunteer youth pastor, even though I was in college at the time, and so I loved God and would, would talk about God. And she had been raped. And on the day that I called her, because of the rape, she had gotten pregnant. And she didn't know how to deal with that. And so she had had an abortion that morning. And so between the shame of the rape and the guilt of the abortion, I called her at a point where she was sitting on the edge of a bed with a very sharp knife. And she's alive today with kids. And that's not glory to me. That's glory to the voice. And had I ignored that voice, I am pretty sure that somebody else would have listened and picked up the phone. Because God will do what God's going to do. The question is, do you want to be a part of it? So it is a natural internal voice that sometimes you may think, you know, I don't know if this is God, but here's my point. Step out, trust him, because he's big enough to clean up your mess. And he's big enough to keep you from making a mess. You say, there's a coworker over there that I see every day. Should I go talk to them? You feel like God said you should go talk to them. Why, why, how, what do you mean you feel like God said you should go talk to them? Because there are a hundred people in your company and that's the one you keep thinking about. And that's the one you keep seeing how miserable they are. And that's the one the Holy Spirit keeps bringing to mind. And that's the one you keep feeling like somebody should talk to them. Oh, that could be me. Oh, I don't want to do that. It's not so hard to hear the internal voice. It's that thought, it's that feeling. And I need to be clear, this is not your conscience. 
You see, your conscience is a moral code that develops when your parents say, we don't do that. That's wrong. You go to jail for that. You should be ashamed of yourself for that. And you develop a moral code and a response to that. When you go into somebody's house, you don't put your feet on their furniture because your parents raised you not to do that. That's not the Holy Spirit. It's, it's just your conscience. I'm serious. So don't, don't say, well, it's my conscience. I don't know if I can hear. And again, just trust. So here's the point. That's what the internal voice sounds like as best I can do without doing an entire series. I want to walk you real quickly through why you may not be hearing from God. Because if you want to hear God more, you probably just need to remove these obstacles. Number one is, are you eager to hear? Are you eager to hear? Do you want to hear from God? I, I meet people uh, like this. Here's the way I, I see so many guys. I'll go out on a date night with my wife and I look around the restaurant and there's all these people that appear to be on a date with their spouse. And, and, and she's sitting there texting her friend or Facebooking or something because he's watching the TV and the game. He's not eager to spend time with his wife. Are you eager to hear the voice of God? Do you jump out of bed in the morning going, man, I've got an hour. God may speak to me before I have to be at work. Or do you say, man, I've got another hour. I can keep sleeping. How eager. Are you willing to skip your lunch and go sit in your car and say, God, speak to me. I've got 30 minutes where I have to be back. Are you eager? Number two, do you expect to hear? Do you actually wait on answers until you hear? You know, I mean, come on, you know, we're like the fast food society. We get frustrated if our Wi-Fi takes a whole two seconds to load a page. I mean, we, and God is the same God. The same God who decided people could wait 400 years to be hungry. I wonder how long he'll think you can wait. Have you ever done this where you just wake up in the morning and go, Hey God, speak to me. Who's awkward? See, are you used to that? Are you used to it? Number three, what is your experience hearing? See, parents develop the experience of their kids. They know their voice. When you're in the hospital and you first get that kid, I've got four of them. When you get that first kid and you hear a cry, there's cries all around. Every room's got a crying baby. You don't know if that's your baby, especially when it's down the hall in the nursery. You're like, man, I hear one of babies. Wonder if one of them's mine. I have no clue if one of them's mine. But by the time they are five or six years old, you're like, that's my kid. You can hear them in the other room. Sometimes it's not just their cries, they're stomping to the feet upstairs. I know which one of the kids that is. I got you. You, you. Experience trains you to hear their voice. My wife and I lead a life group. We do this every single week. Like, I'm sorry, y'all, that's mine. You know, pointing at the ceiling because the kids are upstairs. You can hear the kid almost coming through. That's got to be mine. That's mine. I can tell you which one of the three it is, too. And you hear those cries. Like, we, our, our kids are all different. So yesterday I heard one of those. Okay, so I've got this one kid who's, who's medically insensitive to pain. If he whimpers, you should run. Like there's a problem. Because he could lose a limb, you wouldn't hear a sound. Then I've got another kid that, you know, he could just like, somebody could draw on him with a pen and you would think he lost a limb. <laughs> By the way, he screams, Rah! you know. And so when he does that, we just sit still. <laughs> just saying. But yesterday... I was sitting on my couch. The kids were cleaning the garage. Come on, isn't that how you guys do it? Yeah. And my kids were cleaning the garage, and I heard that one scream at a whole nother level. Now, I know he screams, but that's different. So I take off running, and sure enough, because he decided to clean the garage with bare feet, 
Yes, already going bad, isn't it? And he was trying to pick up one of those bocce balls, and he's got a six-year-old toe that's about the size of a kidney bean and accidentally dropped that bocce ball on a toe between a concrete floor. Yeah, he didn't come to church this morning. (laughs) It's a learned skill for a natural human being to separate your thoughts and your feelings from those of the voice of the Spirit of God living inside of you. It is a learned skill. And people who have walked with God for five years can do it better than new believers. People who have walked with God for 10 years can do it better than those with five. And people who have walked with God for 20 years. That's why when I said people do speak the voice of God to other people, if you've got a real situation for your life, you should go to people that have known God for a long time and have been comfortable hearing God's voice for a long time because they're the people who look and say, right looks good, left looks good, but God says to go right. You need people who have experience hearing the voice of God. And you need to become one of those people. And you start right now by saying, God, what should I do? And God says, turn right, and you just go. And I want to speak to you about one little thing that people misunderstand about the experience of hearing God's voice. Everybody believes if I've heard from God, things go well. It's a lie. And they try to add to their database. Well, I thought God told me to do this. It worked out great. I'm going to remember what that sounds and feels like. Put it in my database. Now I know how to hear the voice of God. Well, I went over here, I thought God said to go, but it turned out really bad, so that must not have been the voice of God. I'm going to add that to my database. The thing is, go read Scripture about stories that didn't always go very well. Because God will use those circumstances to grow you. And you think God just wants to give you a perfect life. When you come to God and say, God, should I take this job over here? And then you get fired two weeks later. You thought God told you to take the job. He did. Because you got fired because your character is a problem and God wants to fix it. Just because God speaks doesn't mean that God's always leading you to some little heavenly, happily bliss retirement home or something, you know? I mean, there is still a life where God's going to work on you. And number four, what have you done with what you've heard? There are so many people in the room that would tell me, God doesn't speak. Oh, yeah? What was the last thing God said to you? And what'd you do? See, let me show you how this works. I've got kids. And so one of my kids will get up and I'll say, hey, I need you to take out the trash before breakfast. Hey, daddy, what are we doing today? What are we doing today? I need you to take out the trash. But but what are we going to do? What are we having for dinner? All right, now maybe God's nicer than me because I'm going to tell you, I only say it twice. Because then they go into that 400-year silence. They can be right beside me. Daddy, 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 what are we doing today? Daddy, what are we doing today? Daddy, what are we having for dinner? Daddy, where are we going? Daddy, where are you doing today? And thank God they got a mother who says, Psst, he said, take out the trash. Because here's the point. The answer to what are we doing today is actually dependent upon your obedience to the first one. Well, my plan was we were going to go to the mall, ride the carousel, and get ice cream. But if you're not taking out the trash, that ain't happening. So I don't have anything else to say to you until you do what I've already said. And so many people have heard the voice of God. They ignored the voice of God. They didn't want to repent of the fact that they disobeyed the voice of God. And they think God's just going to ignore it and keep talking. You need to go and do the last thing God said. And if wherever you are in life, that is irreparable. God said, don't divorce. You divorced. God said, don't marry. You married. God said, don't quit your job. You quit your jobs. God said, don't be stupid. You got fired. I don't know. If it's irreparable in terms of the circumstance... Then you just say, you know what, God, you spoke to me that day, and I didn't hear. Maybe I heard and I didn't listen, and I ask you to forgive me. 
I pray that you'd start speaking to me again. Amen. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. But when God speaks, you've got to do it. Do you want to hear the voice of God? Do you want to hear the voice of God? Then I want to encourage you to begin a conversation. You talk, and whatever comes to your mind, trust it's Him. He's a big God. He's a big God. He'll clean up your mess. If Jesus is your King, you have the Spirit of God within you, and you can hear. It's His promise to you. It's His intent for you. But I need to make this ultra clear today. If Jesus is not your King, then His Spirit does not live inside of you, and you cannot hear. And if I just offended you when I said that, then you're the person that that I'm talking to. Because here's what Scripture says. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. That's your promise. And it also says the reason why you do not hear that you are not enough. You are not of God. We can fix that though. Can I pray for you guys? God, I thank you so much that you are not a distant God who put things into motion and then let us be. But you are a God who is interactive in our daily lives. That although you created the entire universe, You care enough about each one of us individually to speak to us by placing your spirit inside of us. That every single one of us on planet Earth at the exact same time can still hear your voice for our lives. And so God, right now I want to pray for every person in this room a hunger for your voice that you would give them. I pray for every person in this room that a clarity of your voice you would give them. I pray for every person in this room that they would begin to trust that those thoughts and those feelings are from you and you would begin to train us on how to hear your voice and to discern from all the other thoughts in this world. And while we're praying, I want to help those of you who do not have God's Spirit and you cannot hear His voice because you've never given your life to Jesus. I want to help you do that right now. It's a really simple acknowledgement that when He hung on the cross, He died for you. And now in 2015, you say, I want to live for Him. If you've never done that, just pray something like this to yourself, to God. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your grace. I thank you for your forgiveness, covering all of my sins. I thank you that you have given me your spirit so that I can hear your voice my simple prayer in this place today is that you will give me a life of great meaning and great purpose in your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate with those people. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. For more information about us, you can go to gracelife.me. That's gracelife.me. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash gracelifeme and on Twitter at Grace Life Church. Yeah.